Welcome to Thrive Church Podcast. We just want you to know that wherever you are in your faith journey, you are welcomed, you are loved, and you are accepted. I hope that as you listen to our podcast, you are moved and inspired to grow closer in your faith with God. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, Thrive Church. I want to welcome you all here this morning. My name is Pastor Sheldon Miles. We're glad that you're here. I want to welcome all of those who are watching online in the 715 area code. We're so glad that you're here with us this morning. Before we get started with the, the message today, uh, I've asked our treasurer, Charlie Geimer, if he would come and just give you kind of a financial update on where we are currently at uh, as Thrive Church financially in regards to COVID. So, Charlie, will you please come? And I'll be right back. Good morning, Thrive Church. I know everybody's favorite uh, report is the financial report. And I don't think churches are about finances. I think we're about faith. So as we move from the season of Thanksgiving, I would like to thank you for your faithful giving in 2020. And as we struggled with the COVID-19 outbreak. As we move to Advent, we prepare our hearts for the arrival of the Christ child and see that the Lord again is doing a new thing among his people. We are starting from a new place as well. If I could have this first slide up, please. Over the last two months, we've, had, we've used up all of our cash reserves and are starting from zero. The slide on the screen shows the general giving of the church for the year 2020. This is only the general fund, it doesn't cover uh, designated giving. Those funds are, are put into a special account and held and used for those purposes only. Um, you'll see the blue bars is our giving level. The orange bars are, or the orange line is going where our fixed expenses are, which is what we need to pay every single month uh, regardless, and the gray line is the budget. Now, obviously, the budget, we're not following that, and we've taken steps to, you know, lower our expenses for that. But the last three months, you'll see that the giving, well, I should say the last two months there, but the, it, it, it's been dropping down about 3500 4000 a month uh, for them. So, what we're doing as a leadership team is asking you that you continue your faithful giving uh, even when you can't make it to church. We ask that you give either electronically through the website or the app, or you can even go old school and mail it to your tithe into the church. We are always looking for ways to lower our expenses, but as we come up onto the winter season, uh, the cost of, the, of using the building is going to go up snow plowing, heating, um, and so forth. But you know what? In the Bible, the Lord says, do not fear 365 times. And when he says something that often, I think we should listen to it. And I'm just, it also says that we're supposed to cast all of our worries on him. I have no doubt in my heart that we're going to come through this time of trial just fine. Just like the season of Advent, he is preparing us to experience him in a brand new way. 
we get this awesome opportunity to ask him, Lord, what do you want to be for Thrive Church and for me personally at this time? We get to the opportunity to walk with him in a brand new, deeper way and strengthen our faith. The question I ask, are we ready for this new season? Are you ready to give the Lord all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength? We are starting today, and we are starting right now. Uh, slide two. We are going to follow Philippians 4, 6. It says, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Take this challenge to the Lord. Ask him how you can partner with him to impact lives here at Thrive Church. We want to change the world, but it first must start with us. Open your hearts. Let them change our thinking. We are called to be the light and the salt, the hands and the feet. Let us lead by example and show the world this Advent and Christmas season the power of a transformed life. While we are giving our gifts to our family and friends, let us not forget to give our tithes to the Lord so that gift will be multiplied in the lives of Wausau in the 715. So I'd just like to close with this following statement. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, and his steadfast love endures forever. Amen. Thank you, Charlie. Again, I appreciate your leadership on the team. And we just, we don't, we don't want to keep secrets. We wanted to let you know, hey, this is where we're at. This is the situation. And uh, we, we look as tithes and giving. We look at it as an act of worship. It's not something that is owed. It's not something that is due. It's not a membership thing. It's a worship thing. It's a God thing. And so we encourage you when you Give of your tithes. You just, it's just like when you lift up praise to God, that's what you're doing. So we're just going to take this to prayer. Father, we come to you this morning, and, uh, and we trust you with all things. We're going to talk about this in the message today. We trust you for your provision. And so, so Lord, we, we pray that you would work through our hands and through our feet and, and through our worship, and, and, Lord, that you would be glorified. So you have this all worked out, and we trust you today. We worship you, and everyone said... Amen. Amen. I'm a little echoey today, uh, Michael, so if you can help me out there. I want to get started in this new Christmas series called The Gift Exchange. The Gift Exchange. And I, I don't know about you, but this is one of my favorite parts about Christmas time. I grew up in a family of six kids, and it was kind of a small house, and it was in a small confined room that we would all gather around the Christmas tree and there was presents galore, and it was chaos. How many of you have chaos at your house on Christmas Day or Christmas, Christmas Eve? Isn't it a wonderful? It's one of, it's one of those wonderful chaos moments. I, I have some of my favorite moments around the Christmas tree. And, and it's just all about exchanging gifts for one another. It's all those gifts that, that people have given to you, but then looking at mom and dad and like, oh, I can't wait for them to open that gift that, that I gave to them. And it's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful tradition, the tradition of gift exchange. And that's what Jesus did for us when he was born in the town of Bethlehem. He came to us as the ultimate gift exchange, the ultimate gift because he exchanged his life for ours. And there could be no better gift than that. 
You see, we owe a debt. We owe a debt that we can never pay in a million lifetimes. We owe the debt of our sin. And see, we were the ones who were supposed to go to the cross. And Jesus stepped in and said, no, 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 no. I'm going to give my life in exchange for yours. And I'm going to go to the cross for you. Thank you, God. Can we just give God praise for that gift today? There is no greater gift. So in this sermon series, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how when we give God the challenges that we face, that He exchanges that, he exchanges that pain for His presence. So today, we're going to talk about exchanging our worries for His peace. And, and, and you were stealing some of my thunder, Charlie. You, you're, we're, going to, we're going to talk about worry today. Is there anybody who worries here? No, no, no I don't see any hands raised because none of you worry. Only your pastor worries. He's the only one. But truly, Christmas is a wonderful time of the year. But for so many, we lose the luster, if you will, because we're so caught up in the worry. We're, we're so busy and we're wondering, can, we're worried about whether we can fit it all in, all the activities and all the planning and all the decorating. Can we fit it all in? And some of us, we get a little too overextended and, and we begin to worry. I'm like, oh my goodness, why did I buy this? Am I, am I going to be able to pay for this? And we're reminded of our deepest hurts. For some people, Christmas time or the holidays are just a horror, it's just a, a, a terrible thing happened in people's lives. And, and it just brings back a lot of sad memories. I have a good friend who lost his wife here two years ago, and I saw a, a message that he put out on Facebook, and he says, why is it that the second year is even harder than the first year in losing my wife? Well, I want you to know Jesus addresses worry. He talks about worry, and he goes head on head, on head with this. And I, I appreciate that about Jesus. Jesus, is, he makes the word so simple, and he goes right there. And he talks about this in one of the most important sermons ever written, the Sermon on the Mount. And we're going to be looking at the Sermon on the Mount. And what the Sermon on the Mount was is, is a sermon that Jesus he gives, and he talks about a lot of life's issues. He talks about attitudes, Remember we talked about last week about having an attitude of gratitude, and sometimes it's an, it is an attitude that we need to choose to have. He talks about anger. He talks about lust, retaliation. He talks about giving to the needy. He talks about how to pray and how to fast. And then he talks about money and worry. And so I, I'm just convinced if worry is one of those topics that's in the Sermon on the Mount, it must be pretty important. So we're going to talk about worry and, and that we can talk, we can avoid worry in our lives. Did you know that? Worry is this. Here's my definition. This is by a gentleman by the name of Brandon Fox Cox. He said, allowing your mind to dwell on potential negative outcomes beyond our actual control. How many of you are resonating right now with the message? <laughs> yes. How many of you have been there, done that? Yeah, worried about things that are really out of my control. And, and you know what? We all face worries every day. And I, and I want you to know, please, please hear me. I'm right there with you. I am preaching this message right at myself this morning. I, at times, I go through times where I struggle with worry. And here's what I found in my own life. If I am not careful, it consumes me. You ever been in that place where your worry, whatever that need is, whatever that concern is, it just becomes all-consuming. And you know what happens when it consumes us? You miss everything else that's going on. 
Sometimes I, I just wonder if we even miss the miracle, if we miss the answer because we are so consumed with our worry. And whether we realize it or not, worry has, everybody knows this, it has a negative effect on our lives, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, even physically. There's a man by the name of Charles Mayo, you know, if you've heard of Mayo Clinic, a very popular uh, hospital. He says this, he says, you can worry yourself to death, but not to life. He says this, worry affects the circulation, the heart, the glands, and the, and the whole nervous system. He says, I have never met a man or, or known a man to die of overwork, but I've known a lot of people who have died of worry. Died of worry. It actually happens. And, it, and we know this, worry affects us spiritually because it is rooted. This is what worry is. It's rooted in a lack of trust of God. Worry is because we are struggling to trust God. It is, and, and, and Charlie pointed out, one of the most often phrased, the, the, the often stated phrase in the Bible is, do not be afraid. Do not worry. Be anxious for nothing. We, we've all heard that. And it's said over and over and over again. And so many times, God tells us why. He tells, do not be afraid. Why? Because I am with you. And what he's saying is, I can be trusted. On that, what, what instead of worry, God wants to give us his peace. God wants to exchange that worry that you're carrying around in your heart, and he wants you to give him that worry, as, as Charlie said, to cast your cares on him. And really what he wants to give you, he wants to fill that void. He wants to fill you with his peace. Anybody in need of God's peace today? God, need of God's peace? And, and that's what the angels came and proclaimed on that very first Christmas night. They said that, that, they are, that God was sending into the world the Prince of Peace. Prince of Peace, that we would have peace on earth through His Son, Jesus. And I, I don't know about you, but that's what my heart longs for. And you know what? I really think that's why people do some of the things that they do. It's because they're looking for peace. That's why we, we go out and we buy the things that we buy and, and we do this and we do that. And really what our hearts are longing for is peace. And then we have that thing that we think will bring us peace. And it doesn't. It doesn't fill that void that we're looking for. Only Jesus, the Prince of Peace, can give us the peace that we're looking for. Here's what peace is. It's defined as a state or period in which there is, there is no war or war has been ended. How many of you like that definition? The war. The war in my soul has been ended. President Ronald Reagan said this. He says, peace is not absence of conflict. Because I think as long as we're alive, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be contention. Even Paul tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that we're in a spiritual warfare. So it's not the absence of, of that, but it is the ability to handle conflict by peaceful means, by trusting God, by trusting God. So in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus tells us how to handle our worries so that we can find his peace. And so today, I want to give you three simple thoughts, three simple thoughts that I have been trying to apply to my life 
And, and how many of you know when it's simpler, it, it's more applicable? And I want to encourage you to just remember these three words. Just remember these three words this morning, and, 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 and hopefully that these three words will help you in your battle with worry. First word is no. K-N-O-W, no God. These three thoughts, no God. Not just know about God, but know God. You know, I, we, we, the men are going to get together and watch the Packers game tonight and encourage all the men to come out and, and, and come and join us with that time of fellowship, that rally point, that's what we're calling it. And, and I can tell you that I have met, I have, I've walked past Aaron Rodgers and, I, and how did I know it was Aaron Rodgers? Because I know Aaron Rodgers. I, I know what he looks like. Hey, that's Aaron Rodgers. I, see, I know Aaron Rodgers, right? But I don't actually know him. I don't know him as a person. And see, we can do that with God. We can say, oh, there's God. Yeah, yeah, they are, they, and God, there's God right there. But, but do we really know God? And I want you to know we serve a God whom He wants us to just have to just not have more than just head knowledge, but He wants us to know Him. And you know what? He's given us everything that we need to know God. He has given us His Word, and through His Word, He speaks to us. Each and every day, God has a message for you, and it's found in His Word. And each and every day, we have the ability to talk to God. We can know God by talking to Him. We do that through our prayer time. And then also, He has given us the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit counsels us, and it guides us, and it gives us direction for our lives. And so, when we know God, we can know His promises, we know His promises. You see, when we know God, we know who He is, and we know what He can do, and therefore we know what this means for us. This morning, I want to ask you, you know God, but do you know His promises? Here's what I know about God. Just, just personally speaking, here's what I know about God. First of all, I know God is my Creator. I have no doubt about it. And, and some people said, you know, trust science. Well, I, I, I trust science. I trust that God used science to bring me into the world. God uses science. I, I do believe in science. I believe He's my creator. I believe that He is a miracle worker. I've seen Him pro, uh, provide miracles in the past, and He's going to do it again. I believe that God is a healer. I've seen healings take place. I've, felt, I've experienced God's healing in my life. I believe that God is a healer. I believe He's all-loving. That's what I know about Him. I know that God loves me even when I fail Him, that He is full of grace. How many of you say amen to that? That God's grace and I know that He is my provider. There's been so many times I have been in need of provision and that God has showed up in ways that I never thought or even imagined. Here's what I know about God. I know that God can do exceedingly, abundantly, more than I can think or even imagine. That's what I know about God. <laughs> And I could, t I could go on more. I could just finish out the message talking about what I know about. But the really important thing this morning is what do you know about the promises of God? And here's what I know that it means for me. I know because of these promises, I know that I'm forgiven. 
I know that I am saved, that I I have this thing called a blessed hope, that when I die, it's not over, it's only just begun. I know this, that I am a child of a king, (laughs) and I'm a child of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And I know that as his his child, I know that his promises are for me. Are you awake this morning? His promises are are for me. And therefore, I know that no matter what, no matter what situation, no matter how far I try to run from God, I know that God is with me. God is with me. And I know that God will not forsake me. Do you see right now how important it is to know God? I know that I have a hope and and a future. I know that He is working all things Whether I like these things or not, he's working all these things together, not so much for my good, but for his good. And you know what? I want his good over my good any day. He's working all things together for the good. And I know this, as Charlie said it, I can cast all my cares. I can exchange my cares upon him because he cares for me. And he wants to give me his peace. Are you, are you excited this morning to hear this message? Not only can we know us. Are you going to respond to that? I preach so much better when you respond. We, this church needs to speak up on Sunday mornings. Not only can we know God, but he knows us as well. He knows your worries. He knows what you're going through this morning. He knows your ailment. He knows your sickness. He knows your disease. He knows your fears. He knows, the, he knows all that's going on in your life. In Matthew 6, Jesus was preaching about two things that we often worry about the most, money and possessions. We do that. We, we wonder, am I going to have enough? We wonder, do I have enough? And then he points out three things that we can know about God that will help us relieve our worries. So again, we're talking about knowing God. Everybody say, know God. No God. And here's, first of all, here's a couple things we need to know about God. Number one, his, looking at Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, we can know his eternal perspective. Matthew 6, 25, and this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? You know, so much of our lives, we are worried about the things that are temporal. Everybody say temporal. It's temporary. We begin to worry and we consume and consume, again, wondering if we'll have enough, if we'll have the best, if we will add up what people will look at us and, and, look at, and look at us compared to the things that we have and whether we will measure up to what people think that we, we should have. How many of you have ever been to an estate sale before? estate sales are so interesting, but to me, I always walk around with kind of a broken heart because you know what you're doing. You, know, you are walking through, through probably an older couple that has just passed away, and you're looking through all of the things they have collected throughout their lives. And I, and I always get kind of sad. And these, these, are, these were their prized possessions and now they're, you know, if for one nickel, you can have the whole table, <laughs> the prized possessions. And you're like, ah, oh. you know, and I just wonder, you know, and I, all these things that they thought would bring them peace, 
It would bring them the hope maybe they're looking for. I don't know where they're at, but, but maybe, maybe that's what the way that they looked at it. And sometimes these things are so temporal, and these things are going to fade away. But I want you to know that God is more concerned about our eternal condition. Listen to me. God is more concerned about your eternal than your temporal. God is more concerned about your eternal condition than your temporal condition. And so many times we become so consumed on the things that are temporal, we miss out on the thing that is eternal. Is everybody following me this morning? We can become so consumed with those things. And God is saying, listen, 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 focus. Focus on the eternal. God is more concerned. Listen, and some people get disturbed when I say this. All right, can I, can I just be real with you this morning? Especially, this is hard to hear, especially if you're going through a physical ailment. But listen to me. God is more concerned about your eternal condition than he is your physical condition. He's more concerned about your eternal healing than he is about your physical healing. And I think sometimes we put so much emphasis on, on wanting to, on, on the on the, the physical, and God works from that, okay? That's how God manifests himself. So I'm not downplaying that at all, but I'm just telling you, God wants, God wants to see people saved, and he wants to see people in eternity. And we can know this about God, that his, he has value for you. God values you. Look at Matthew, 26, or Matthew 6, 26 through 27. He says, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to them than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment in your life? I love this reality check. Every day, God is so concerned that he even takes care of the birds, some of his smallest creatures. And it's just wonderful to see. How many of you have bird feeders? So... We went out the other summer, last summer, and we got a bird feeder, and you know, I bought this really big bag thinking this will last me all year, maybe two years. Oh, my word. <laughs> that thing was empty within an hour, an hour and a half. I couldn't believe it. And, and, but here's the deal. God is taking care of the birds of the air. And how much more is God concerned about you? How, and aren't you more valuable to him than they are. God is concerned. But here, here's what you need to understand about birds. Birds go out. Birds go out and they get the food. And, 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 and I was thinking about this as I was putting together this message. You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes the messages just come and I'm like, man, I can't, man, I can't, I'm excited about preaching this message. And sometimes it's like, oh, Lord, I know you got a word for us this Sunday, but I, I don't have anything. And sometimes I just wish, I just wish that God would just send me an email with all of my sermon notes and sermon illustrations and everything exactly as I'm supposed to say it, all right? How many of you wish that God would work that? God would just send you an email and you would know exactly. But he doesn't work that way. And God says, listen, listen, Sheldon, I, I have a message for your church. I have a, a message for Thrive Church, but you're going to have to dig. And you're going to have to come and find it. You're going to have to come, but it's there. And you go searching, and you're going to find it. 
And I, I just want to encourage you. God wants to provide for you, but there's times when we need to go out and we need to find it. And God says, there it is. I have it for you. And I love this. He, he says, and aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? To know God is to know his provisional care. We talked about the birds but we also know that he takes care of other things. It says in Matthew 6, 28 through 30, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for these wildflowers and they are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So, so we see in, the, in this passage, a Sermon on the Mount, Jesus is saying God takes care of the birds. God takes care of the lilies in the fields. God takes care of the wildflowers. And he will certainly care for you. Will you please look at your neighbor right now and say he will certainly care for you. He will certainly care for you. One of the reasons we often struggle with fear and worry is we think that God has left us alone to survive on our own. Let me ask you today, how much of your worry stems from not knowing God? How much of our worry comes from the things that we have forgotten what we know about God. How much of the worry comes in our lives because we ignore what we know about God. You see, if we want to erase worry in our lives or we're going to confront worry in our lives, it starts with knowing God, knowing God. The second thing that we need to do to bring, turn our worry into peace is to pursue God. So listen to this. To, to have God's peace is to know God. And the only way that we can get to know God is to pursue God, right? We get to know God by pursuing God. So I, I have with me this morning the, the Bible that was given to me when I became a licensed minister of the Assemblies of God. And it's so interesting. It was just... It was, just a, a year or so after I graduated from college, I had went to college to study pastoral ministries, and I, I went through a season where I just was studying the Word of God so much. But can I just be honest? I'm going to be real with you. It wasn't sticking. I, had, I was studying the Word of God to be a minister of the Word of God, and it wasn't sticking. And then I, I get out of college, and I'm in ministry. And I, I don't know, it, it just, all of a sudden, I had, I, I had worries, I had challenges that I was facing. I became hungry to know God more. And I just remember, I'm like, I have never read through the Bible in a year. And I took up this read through the Bible in a year challenge. How many of you, anybody have ever, ever done that before? I challenge you to do that, okay? There you go. We'll talk about that later. But I've read through the Bible in a year. This is the Life Application Bible. I learned more in that year than all of my years of college. You know why? Because I was in a pursuit to know God. 
I was in pursuit to, to give my worries and my burdens to God. I was pursuing God. Here are three ways to pursue God. First of all, pursue God in your thoughts. Joyce Meyer, one of the best books ever written on, on spiritual warfare, The Battlefield of the Mind. Anybody ever read that book? Half of it's scripture. <laughs> it's, it's half of it's scripture. And, and, he, and, and, and here's the deal. We need to understand that that's where our worries reside, is in our mind, right? That's where, the, the, that's where the battle takes place. So Jesus says this in Matthew 6, 31 through 32. He says, don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? All these thoughts that go through our minds. What what will I eat? What will I drink? What will we wear? You see, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. I love the the New Living Translation of Philippians 4.8, and I'm going to talk about this one of these days. But Paul simply says, fix your thoughts. Fix your thoughts. And I think sometimes when we are all so full of worry and anxiousness and we know the battlefield's going on in mind, we need to stop and we need to fix our thoughts. And you know what? This morning I was out for a walk at 6 o'clock in the morning, my little headlamp, and I'm just praying, praying and, and talking to God. You know what I was doing? I was fixing my thoughts. I don't know about you, but that's how I fix my thoughts. I need to go for a walk. Sometimes my wife will say to me, I think maybe you need to go for a run or you need to go for a walk. And what she's trying to tell me is you need to fix your anxious thoughts. And so I'm going to pursue God with my thoughts. And I'm going to pursue God in my heart. And let's face it, we pursue the things that are priorities in our lives, right? We pursue the things that are priority, the things that are closest to my heart. I wonder how much worry we carry because Jesus is not our priority. And Jesus tells us this in Matthew 6, 33. He says, seek the kingdom of God. Pursue God above all else. First. Look at your neighbor and say, first. First. He needs to be the first thing that I do every day. I need to seek God first. And then live righteously. You see, Jesus wants to be the main priority in our lives. And here's, here's what happens. <laughs> we need to make him our focus. But we get so distracted by other things. Life is distracting. How many of you realize that? Life is distracting. The other day, I watched this video of this little girl, and I was so impressive. I wish I had the focus of this little girl because it just seems like Satan comes and he does his little dance and he tries to distract me from what God has called me to do. I, I was so entertained by this. I want you to be entertained as, as well. What you're going to be needing for this activity is a unicorn stamp if you have one or any kind of stamp you want. Simply just place them down wherever you want. But don't do them too hard. Then the unicorns won't want to show Next, if you have some blue glitter, green and pink with glitter, it's really cool.
<laughs> Is that you? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Is that you? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That, I saw that video. That, that little girl was making an instructional video for her teacher, for her class, and her dad had no idea. He thought she, he was just messing around with the camera, so he thought he would mess with her, knowing that it was not going to be sent to the teacher. I love that. That's my dad. And what if we just lived our lives saying, that's Satan trying to distract me? I, I, he's, just, he's always making noise like that. He's always trying to get in my mind and mess with me. I'm going to stay focused here. I'm going to keep the main thing, the main thing. I think we also need to pursue God in our prayer life. Don't you just love when the Bible makes it clear? Paul says this in Philippians 4, 6. He says, don't worry about anything. In the New King James Version, be anxious for nothing. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all that He has done. He's, in other words, stop worrying, start praying, start praising. Pray about, he says, there's three elements to effective prayer life. First of all, he says, pray about everything. In, in other words, invite God into every part of your life. What if we were to do that? Invite God into our marriage. What if we were to invite God into our finances and our budget? What if we were to invite God for that time that we've lost the keys in our house and we can't find them, the car keys? What if we invite God to help us find our wallet? Invite God to help us with our thought life. Invite God to help us with our attitude. What if we invited God into our decisions? You see, then what would happen is God would be more than just that 20 minutes that we would have with him on our way to work. All of a sudden, God would be a part of our everyday lives. Tell God what you need. Be specific. If you, if, let me ask you this. If you could have God do one thing in your life right now, what would you have him do? Now tell him. Tell him, God, this, this is what I need. Next, thank him for all he has done. Live a life of praise. We talked about the other week, just having an attitude of gratitude. So we're talking about Three ways to confront our worries. First of all, I've said we got to know God. We have to know Him, to know His promises, to know what He says about worry. And then we need to pursue Him. And we pursue Him by going to Him and saying, God, here are my worries. Here's my frustrations. God, I'm calling out to you. I pursue you as the answer for these problems. And then the last thing we need to do is we need to trust God. That's probably the hardest part, isn't it, is to trust God. I, I, some of you have probably been wondering why I have this shovel up here. So I was a youth pastor uh, in a church in Dayton, in Dayton, Ohio. We didn't get a lot of snow, but every once in a while we would get a, a pretty good a douse of snow. Uh, yeah, I remember one morning on a Sunday morning about 14 inches of snow, and we had a pastor who was not going to cancel services. So here we go. So he gives me a call, and I'm the youth pastor. He says, I need you to be there early Sunday morning 
because I need you to take care of the sidewalks. It was a pretty good, pretty good sized facility. I need you to make sure that sidewalks are ready for our guests. Absolutely. So, yep, no, that's my job, no problem. So I get up extra early and put on some extra clothes, and, and I'm going to get there because I'm here to serve my pastor. And I get there, and half of the sidewalks are done already. And I walk around the corner, and there's my pastor. And I'm like, I was so irritated by that. I was so frustrated. I felt like he couldn't trust me. He didn't trust me. And, and, and we, I think we only had one shovel, and, and there he is, you know, and I'm standing there waiting, like, hey, g- give me the shovel. You, you put out the request. I'm here. I've showed up. Just, just give me the shovel. I, I can do this. Pastor, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I can do this better than you. Let me do the shovel, and you go do what you need to do. And how many times do we do that to God? Do we call out to God and say, God, I need you. I need you to show up in this situation. God, I just, I need you to, 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 to do this for me. And, and, then, and then we show up and, and there we are. We think we can do it better than God, right? That's sometimes the problem. And, and really what we need to do is, hey God, I need to let go. And let God do his thing. Matthew 6.33 says this. And then he will give you everything that you need. When we let go, and we let God, that's where the peace comes from. And again, I, I want you to notice, please, like a good father, he doesn't always give us what we want. He gives us what we need. I remember four years old, four or five years old, I wanted to drive that car so bad. And we were, we were moving from Pennsylvania to Ohio, and mom and dad wanted us kids to stay in the car, and I'm playing around with the steering wheel, and I'm playing with, with all the controls, I, and somehow I got the car in neutral, and it started going back. <laughs> and, so, and it went into the ditch, <laughs> and it was awesome. <laughs> Mike, my dad loves, he loved his children, and he would love to give us what we want. I wanted the keys to the car, but it was not wise to give me the keys to the car because that's where I'm going to wind up. It would probably be worse than that. God gives us what we need. God knows. Listen to me. God knows what you need this morning. He may not always give you what you want, but we don't have to worry because he's going to give you what you need. Jesus tells us this in Matthew 6, 34, to live one day at a time. He says, so don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Oftentimes, our worry, we worry over things that will happen in the future. That's really where our worries are. What's going to happen? What's going to happen tomorrow? And Jesus says, let's take care of today. Let's take one day at a time. So today, we're talking about this. We are talking about three steps from God's Word on how to deal with our worry. Can, we, can, you, can you just help me repeat after this? Repeat after me and just say, no God. God. One more time. No God. no God. And I'm going to pursue God. Pursue God. And then I'm going to trust God. trust God. 
And then when we do this, look what happens. Look what Paul says here happens in Philippians 4, 7. He says, then, then, when we, have, when we know God, we know His promise, when we pursue God, we seek Him first and His righteousness, and then when we trust God that He's got this all figured out, then, it's then that we begin to experience God's peace. Remember, we talked about this the other week, peace in the middle of a storm. And you may feel like some of those disciples, and you're going all over the place, but I want you to know that's when God comes in and says, peace, be still. And this peace is not just some peace that the world gives. It's a peace which exceeds anything that we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. So this morning as we close out this message today, are you consumed in worry? I, I, like I said at the beginning of the message, I get there. I, I'm, you're not alone, okay? But are you consumed in worry today? Can, can I just, all of us, pray and talk to God and just say, Lord, this is how I'm, I'm going to fight my battles. Can we just do that right now? Just say, God, I call out to you. God, I want to know you more. All I know is I'm tired of fighting these battles. I'm tired of worrying. I want to know you more. God, I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to seek you first. I'm going to pursue you, God. I want to know you more. I'm going to, I'm going to start giving these worries to you. I'm going to start praying. I'm going to start giving them to you. And Lord, help me to trust you. Even when I don't understand, even when I don't feel it, I know you're working. Even when I don't see it, I know that you're working. Lord, I want to trust you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Can we just give God praise for his peace? I pray for peace all around. I pray that you experience God's peace. I pray that you would exchange your worries for God's peace. Before I close out this message, I want to give you the opportunity. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, can we go back to, to step number one? I don't know God. I'm going to be honest. I know about him, but I don't know him as my Lord and Savior. I want you to know you can do that today. You can know God. And the way that you open up your heart to him is you just call out to him. If you're here today and you do not have the assurance of your salvation and you want to know God, will you just pray along with me? Just say, God, I need you. I know today, I, have not, I know about you, but I have not known you. I want to know you. And so I'm inviting you to come and live inside of me. I'm asking you to forgive me and to change me from the inside out. As of today, I'm making you the Lord of my life. Now help me in this next step I take. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Folks, I want you to know that last part is the main thing. God is more concerned about your eternal than what is going on in your temporal. And let's make that the focus of this church as well. Can we do that? Can we make sure that we make life change? in our community, in the 715, 
Can we make sure that we make that the main thing? And then I'm convinced God's going to take care of the rest. Amen? Amen. Let's just give God praise right now. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise. Thank you so much for checking out the Thrive Church Podcast. I hope you were inspired by the message today. If you like what you heard, please like, subscribe, and share this podcast so we can impact more lives. Remember, wherever you are in your faith journey, you are welcomed, loved, and accepted. Have a wonderful day.